create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley. Thud, 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 thud. Boom. Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. All right, it is hour number two of the show. Live from the Octane Community Studios. Still recovering from your story about getting stabbed and putting a Band-Aid on it. Yeah, it was kind of cool. This was not in 1993. This was last night. Yeah, suck it up. <laughs> I like it. Uh, Lamar Jackson continues to be in the news, and he's going to be in the news, it seems like, until he gets dealt. Um, but this does have potential ramifications specifically for the Arizona Cardinals. So I'm going to play some audio here, Wolf, and we can just kind of react to it however you want. Starting with Dan Orlovsky, NFL Live yesterday, what the Indianapolis Colts have to decide as far as Lamar Jackson or what they want to do in the draft. Number one, if you're Indianapolis, what is your view on the third or fourth quarterback in this draft class? Because you, you, Bryce and CJ are likely one, two, right? So what's your view? And also... If you like the third guy, you have to jump. You have to go to three with Arizona. Right. So what does it cost you to get up to number three? It's not just taking a quarterback at four because you might think the third guy's got a chance and the fourth guy doesn't. So you have to go and get up to three. So hmm. what is that going to cost you? I think of Indy as well. You. These are real questions. One, are we all in running the style that we have seen Lamar run for the first five years of his NFL career? That, that allowed him to be MVP of the NFL because the hits do matter and they add up. Do we want to be that run-centric football team or do we go, we don't want to run that system, but we still believe Lamar is an MVP caliber player in a different system that we've never seen in the NFL him run. Mm. That, those are the questions that Indy has to ask before they get into that conversation. Oh, boy, there it is, Dan Orlovsky, and Danny is nailing it for the most part right now. Yep. Lamar Jackson, this is something that I've been talking about. You just don't go, I get Lamar Jackson. You just don't do it. You have to consider the offense that he's in right now and whether or not you think he can become a throw-first, a pass-first quarterback. You, you have to make that determination before you actually do anything on Lamar Jackson. You do, and he really hit on something that I don't think has been talked about enough, I would say. So what is it to get Lamar? Aside from moving your offense around, it's going to cost you two first-round picks, right? It's going to cost you money. and It's going to, you know, everything you have talked about in terms of how you want to run your offense. But in terms of actual just draft compensation, it's going to cost you two first-round picks, right, for a guy that just won MVP yep. three years ago. If you just look at what the Bears got from Carolina – a couple weeks ago to move up to number one in the draft, Chicago got, in addition to DJ Moore, the Panthers' first-round pick this year, the Panthers' first-round pick next year, a second-round pick, and a second-round pick in 2025. Yeah. So I'm not saying the Colts would have to give up that much to move into the Cardinals spot at three, but that's two firsts, two seconds, and DJ Moore to move up and draft a rookie quarterback. So if the Colts had to give up even if it's their first next year and a swap of first this year, or if it's their second next year and a swap of first this year for Will Levis, 
Why wouldn't you just rather move up and give up your first and get Lamar? It's what you've been saying, and it's what Dan Orlovsky just alluded to right there. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. And there's a lot of people out there talking about Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. I shouldn't say that. There's not a lot of people out there. I think two analysts that I've actually heard comment on, hey, there's a possibility where Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray could be involved in a trade. Well, uh, yeah, here's Marcus Spears on NFL Live yesterday. I'm going to focus on the more fun part uh, that you said, Buggy. What about the Cardinals? What about <laughs> sending Kyler Murray in a pick Whoa. and getting Lamar Jackson, <laughs> right? Similar. Uh, the Ravens <laughs> wouldn't have to change much. Maybe you involve the passing game. Tom Munkin comes in. He can build and formulate a new relationship with Kyler Murray. We know what the contract uh, language was when Kyler Murray was re-signed. We know what they had to go through. By the way, a Philadelphia Eagles assistant was hired as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals who just came from an offense with an athletic dual-threat quarterback. What about that? And you would get a guy back that you wouldn't have to change much if you're the Baltimore Ravens, since the one you have doesn't seem to be suitable enough to pay him the amount of money he's asking for. Your thoughts on that, Uh I don't think it'll happen if you just ask me in a vacuum. Okay, here, here's two players. They're both. Like if the Cardinals didn't have a quarterback and these two players are free agents, yeah. I mean, Lamar's a better quarterback right now. He's accomplished more. I, if you told me you can have Lamar, you can have Kyler, I would take Lamar. But I don't. I'm not trading a bunch of it's, stuff for Lamar. It's it's super fascinating. It truly is. Kyler has more potential, and Lamar has more production. Yep. That's it right there. Both are dual-thread quarterbacks, but I like Kyler's upside. I think it's so much more promising than Lamar Jackson. Think about this, Basin Orleans, right now. Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback right now, as Luke said so astutely. He's a better quarterback right now than Kyler Murray, but he's got a ceiling. See, that's the problem. And this is why he's not been signed by another team willing to give up two first-round picks. Can I tell you right now, if Josh Allen were signed to a non-exclusive franchise tag, do you have any idea how many teams would be willing to give up two first-round picks to move up and, and say, yeah, we're signing Josh Allen, thank you very much, here's our two first-round picks, right? Yeah. <laughs> if he was signed to a non-exclusive franchise tag, yes. it'd be done. You've got a guy who won an MVP, Lamar Jackson. A guy that has been highly productive. Why do you think this is, Basin Orleans? Why are teams not flocking to sign Lamar Jackson? Why? Because he's got a ceiling. Okay, for me right now, Kyler Murray, the one thing Kyler Murray I know does better than Lamar Jackson is throw the ball. And up until last year, throw the ball down the field. Much better. He, he, was, he was one of the highest-rated quarterbacks in the NFL, throwing the ball down the field. Definitely. And last year, everything changed. It, it did. And, I mean, if you, it, it is a fascinating conversation because if you weigh everything in, Lamar's not hurt. Kyler is, right? And Lamar's not coming back from a, not a real, not a significant injury. Kyler is. Yeah. But Lamar's more likely to get hurt because of the way he plays. I think people probably look at it and they're like, okay, because I, I agree with you that you kind of have a better feeling for what Lamar's ceiling is. You don't really know what Kyler's is. Sometimes you watch him play and you're like, the sky's the limit with this guy, but he's just not doing it consistently enough yet. But I think a lot of people are like, yeah, and Lamar, you know, is five years older. Lamar Jackson is seven months older than Kyler Murray. Yeah. So, I mean, no. they were, these are both young quarterbacks absolutely. in this league we're talking about. No, absolutely. Uh, but once again, 
Um, why is this happening? Why are people not lining up for Lamar Jackson? Because he's not a pass-first quarterback. He's not a pass-first quarterback schematically, and he's not a pass-first quarterback physically. He's a run-first quarterback physically. And not only that, put him into scheme. He's got to be in the right scheme as well because he's got to work on throwing the ball down the field. It's one of the reasons why Hollywood Brown is not a Raven anymore. It is sort of weird, though. Like, I hear what you're saying. If it were Josh Allen, there'd be 25 teams lined up. So I get it that, you know, you're going to have to change your offense significantly to bring in Lamar so 25 teams aren't going to line up. Why aren't any teams lining up? Because he's got a ceiling. Okay, but get I mean, behind teams lined games. up to give Deshaun Watson a ton of money, and he was coming off all sorts of questions, and then he got to Cleveland, and he was awful. I mean, teams overpay for quarterbacks. Yeah. Lamar did just win MVP a couple years ago. Yeah, I know that, but again, he's got a ceiling. You look at the record of coming from behind in the wins for the Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. It's not good. It's not. And and you can tell watching those games. I remember the Titans playoff game a couple years ago when the Ravens had that monster season when Lamar was MVP and the Titans got up and you're like, well, Baltimore's done. They're not going to be able to come back in the second half. Well, think about the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Come from behind wins. That that's can you play your best when it matters the most? But it's and still that's much been a problem. Rather have Lamar Jackson than Will Levis. I would I okay. you have to think I, twice. I'm with you on the Will Levis. I am, but and again, I, I I hate speaking this way because I absolutely love Lamar Jackson. I, I'm John Harbaugh on this whole thing. The love that I have for Lamar Jackson cannot be measured with human hands, and it's because of the dude that he is. Because of the player that he is, the guy that he is, the man that he is. And I'd love to run that kind of offense. It's a run first. Here we go. We're going to bash you in the face. The problem is, if you don't execute and you don't get a lead, you're in trouble. All right, we come back. Has the Suns season, as weird as it has been up to this point, actually put them in a better spot where they are more well-prepared for the playoffs this year than they were last year? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. Welcome back to the show. It is Wolf and Luke here on a Tuesday morning. Wolf, after the win last night for the Suns, Monty Williams, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but he hit on something that I don't know. I, it, this this one landed with me. Okay, just as far because I'm I'm always kind of looking at like okay, how can you compare this season to last season? Because last season didn't end the right way. So I would assume on some level the Suns are doing that as well. They were certainly at the start of the season. Chris Paul flat out told us that they want to do things differently towards the end of this season. Well, now here we are. There's, what, seven games left this season. The thought is that Kevin Durant is going to play tomorrow. You've won two in a row. DeAndre Ayton is back. KD, whether he's back tomorrow or Friday, he's going to be back. And you are potentially lining up to be playing your best basketball or peaking going into the playoffs. I don't think it was totally by design. They've had way too many injuries. It's just been a weird season. And then with the trade in the middle, that was by design. But that obviously shook things up as well. 
Monty Williams, though, said this last night. I just think we're, we're, we've had so many obstacles, and it breaks rhythm. And I think we've, we're learning how to be consistent with things that come up. Like, you may have an injury, you may have travel, you may have a crazy part of your schedule. I mean, we played on the road, came home for like less than 48 hours, and then we're out. Again, you have to adjust. Um, but the style of play can remain consistent, and I think that's what you've seen the last couple of games. Uh, we played a really tough Philly team and beat them one way, and then tonight we had to win against the team that's been confusing a lot of offenses, playing a zone, and we, we beat them on their floor. So I think we're just figuring out how to be consistent with our style of play no matter who's on the floor or what the situation is. Wow. What what do you make of that, Luke? What is your what what, what are you saying? What are you implying? I, I know he's he's trying to get um, whose attention is he trying to get? Well, I, I know I know that this is this qualifies as looking for the silver lining in what has been at times a difficult situation for the Suns this year. I, I get that, but I actually think there's something real to it in the sense that last year, when did they face adversity last year? Ever. Their longest losing streak of the season was two games. Yeah. They, and they rarely lost two in a row. They, they did it a couple times, and one of them was at the end of the season when they, it didn't matter what they did. You know what I mean? The Pelican series. Yeah. Their right? first adversity was in the playoffs. Yeah. Whereas this year, they faced the adversity ahead of time. Now, I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing that they have, that they've come out of it better yet. I mean, the last two games would maybe indicate that, but it's two games. Monty Williams is kind of saying that right there. But, um, it's possible this year you have faced the adversity over the course of the season that's going to better prepare you for the playoffs. Last year, I mean, they faced adversity against New Orleans, and Chris Paul kind of took over. They faced adversity against Dallas, and they looked like a team that hadn't faced adversity all year yeah. and didn't know. They looked like that team in college basketball everybody talks about that goes like 30 and 1 from a mid major conference, and they were beating everybody by 19 all year. And in the second round of the tournament, they're down by five, and they're like, what do we do? That's what the Suns look like against Dallas in the playoffs last I, year. I love the fact that this is your observation on what Monty Williams said because, again, I'm listening to him talk, and it just seems so normal, so much of the things that he's talking about, yet you saw adversity in all of that. You thought he was he was talking about that adversity and what they have faced, and um, I think you're spot on because of that was something I did not think of, Luke. And I think you're spot on with that in regard to what kind of adversity did they really face last year. I didn't even think of last year as he was talking. I didn't even think about that. I'm thinking about everything that they have faced this year, how up and down and uneven a lot of it has been, especially with the players yeah. and the injury situation. From the beginning of the season on, they've had guys sit out and miss a lot of games. And I never even thought about that. The adversity of this season compared to last season and how it's going to benefit them as a unit. In the playoffs, that's huge. I mean, it, it could. I wouldn't say I guarantee that it's going oh, no. to, but, See, it, but it certainly to me, could. I think it does. Well, it, that's I mean, what's got me. So, yeah, you're 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 spot on this, and it's firing me up because maybe that's what Monty is implying. Maybe that's what he's saying. I, I'm sure he would prefer a situation where Kevin Durant was as invincible as Mikel Bridges seems to be, where it's just, you know, he's going to be out there every day. You don't, he's going to play every game. And it, 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 there's, there's a lot of stuff. I'm sure over the course of the season, Monty would have preferred for things to work out a little more smoothly. 
But we did see that last year. We saw a season where pretty much everything worked out smoothly. And guys missed some games last year. It's not like they had no injuries. But what was their record at one point with, without DeAndre? It was like 18-1 and one or something, or 18-3. Yeah, and three. right. Next. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it just it didn't affect them. Whereas this year, they have really had to fight for stuff. And that can wear you out, and you can get into the playoffs and be completely beaten down. But I don't think that's the case See, with this I don't team. Think so no way, because they're all kind of well rested, except Booker, who's playing all the time. Yeah, you know, you say it can wear you out. Um, yeah, okay, I understand that. It can, but it can also callous you. It can also make you tougher. And they weren't callous last. They year. were not callous last year. They were not. And whatever happened in that Maverick series, that's. That was so evident. They had not faced a ton of adversity. They were not a calloused bunch last year. I love the point you have made, and I think you're right. And how good this is going to be for the Phoenix Suns getting into the postseason and facing all sorts of adversity. Hey, they've been through an up-and-down season emotionally as well. With Macau Bridges and Cam Johnson mm-hmm. being traded emotionally. Changed owners midseason. Intellectually, physically. They've been, yeah, man, they've been disadvantaged, up and down, challenged. I like it. If you even just look at, at the number of games guys have played. The, the Suns have played 75 games. Devin Booker's played 48. So right there, he's missed 27 of the okay. games. Uh, DeAndre Ayton has actually only missed 13. Kevin Durant's played three. Now, he played some games with Brooklyn, but I don't care. Yeah, that doesn't right. help the Suns, right. what he did with Brooklyn. He's played three don't games worry. with the Suns. Don't let Brooklyn worry yeah. about Brooklyn. You guys can go out there and have Mikel go off every night and still only win like half your games. Chris Paul has missed 21 games. And again, they had some injuries last year, but it never really affected their win-loss record. Whereas this year, they haven't really gotten a chance to even just be their own team. And a lot of this is contingent on that starting up tomorrow, and they get to finish with seven games as their actual team. I just think there's, there is a way where they actually come out of this mess in a, in a better position, even though it doesn't look like it on the surface, than they were last year heading into the playoffs. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And the bow, the bow on this present that is the Phoenix Suns in the season that they have faced is Kevin Durant coming back. And hopefully he's coming back tomorrow night. Seven games to go, getting ready for the postseason. And hopefully that gift, when they open it in the playoffs, is going to be awesome. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. All right, so what is the Cardinals' plan for Isaiah Simmons? Jonathan Gannon spoke about it today at the owners' meetings. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, if I can tell you if I were at the owners' meetings right now, at the Biltmore, instead of sitting here in the studio with you, and Jonathan Gannon had media availability, I'd ask like 17 questions about Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. We had this, you know, conversation when when he first had his media availability to the uh the the media when he first got hired. Remember we're like how long until Isaiah Simmons questions get asked and it ends up not being any. So, um I, Which was shocking to me once again. Some some shocking. did get asked today though. So, there's uh there's more of a focus on this. Now, 
I don't know that he's going to give you much because he hasn't actually seen him play firsthand as his coach before. But he was asked today about Isaiah Simmons. And again, to reset where this is all coming from, they got to pick up the fifth-year option on Isaiah Simmons by May 2nd if they're going to do it. And you and I discussed this yesterday. We'll probably get back into it here to a certain extent. But it's funny, on Twitter, there are Cardinals fans, and I probably put myself more in this this uh, side of things, you can't just let this guy walk. And then you have Cardinals fans who are like, he's not worth it. And, and and there are some that are like, it was another bad draft pick, which I really don't agree with. But, <laughs> I mean, it would be what? I think it's $12.7 million to exercise his fifth-year option or somewhere in that range. That's a lot considering what he has actually done on the field so far. So here's Jonathan Gannon on the topic. You know, he obviously has a very unique skill set. A lot of guys uh, that that look like him can't do what he can do. So uh, just excited to get on the grass with him and, and see what he's comfortable with, with what we're going to ask him to do. And, and um, yeah, just excited to see how he fits into what we're going to do and help us win games. See, that is it right there, honestly. I was talking about this yesterday. I I wouldn't just say, you know, we're going to pick up Isaiah Simmons' fifth year. We're going to pick that up. We're going to pick this fifth-year option up. That's what we're going to do, and we're going to do it well before May 2nd. I wouldn't do it. I I would not do it. I would sit there and say, hey, listen, Isaiah, we've got a really, really tough decision we've got to make about you right now, and... This is the way that it goes in the National Football League. We love you. We just don't know if you're going to fit in our system. If you're going to fit in our defense, we don't know if you're cut out for our defense and where we're going to play you. You know, we got to we got to talk about this with you. I want to learn who you are as a person. I want to know how you think as a player. I want to know where your intensity level is. I want to see you out in the grass, man. I want to see you in a three-point stance come off the edge. I want to see you stand up in a two-point and come off the edge. I want to see just how quickly you pick up the responsibility of playing edge, if that's where we want to put you. We've got until May 2nd. The off-season program begins early because of the new coaching staff, because of Jonathan Gannon and his new staff. They get to go April 11th, mm-hmm. as a matter of yep. fact. So now you can have these conversations with Isaiah Simmons and start watching tape together. Get to know him before you actually make any kind of decision as to what you're going to do. Yeah, and at the risk of sounding repetitive, but I think it's it's extremely important with what you just said. As an organization, you need to go into next year if you go down that path. Because you're right, you can, you're can you fully within your, your rights as a team to go down that path. You don't have to... You've got to do your due diligence on it. You have to. Not picking up the fifth-year option before May 2nd doesn't mean you're cutting ties with him at the end of the season. Correct. But... It puts you in a position where you're probably going to have to pay more to keep. You are going to have to pay more to keep him. him, No doubt. So you need to come to terms with that before the season starts. Because if he plays well, you can't then be like, okay, we'll give you that twelve million because he's going to have earned more. (laughs) And then you can't look confused when he's playing for San Francisco. Yes, like you need that needs to be such an intentional thing that is done before the start of the season. Because having talked to you about this yesterday, I can go down that path if you don't have to pick up the fifth year option. But he still needs to be a huge priority to bring him back, and it's going to cost you more. You're paying for the extra time, which is why that rule's in place. Yes, I totally agree with everything you are saying right now. You you just have to accept the fact 
that you're rolling the dice right now, and you might come up snake eyes. <laughs> you might. He might go out and have a 20-sack season. And you might be trying to sign him all season long. Hey, come on, Isaiah. We want to do this. Come on. We're good. Yeah. You might want to do that. And he might say, you know what? I just want to see what the market will bear. That's not great. <laughs> that's, that's not what you ex- want to hear. Exactly right. That's, uh, that's the, but that's the decision he's going to have to make. That's the NFL equivalent of I think we're better as friends. As uh, I just want to see what the market will bear. That's That's what that is. So Look, you I don't... think you're making a dating reference or something like that. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. You never heard that in high school? I... That was like the, the catchphrase of high school. No, oh, well, I didn't. Not. Okay, well. All right. I don't want the Cardinals to hear I want to test the market. That's not great. Yeah. But just trust me. It's just not, that's not great. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> so you're right. You're running the risk if you do that. Now, here's more from Gannon on Basically, what you just said, he needs to see Isaiah Simmons in action, which he hasn't yet. Even though we might have a vision for him and he might say, you know, I can do this, this, and this, let's make sure he's comfortable with what we're asking him to do mentally and physically. So uh, that'll take a little bit of feeling out um, from both sides, but we got time before we line up in, you know, week one in September. So I'm not going to rush that. We're not going to rush that, but uh, really good communication with Isaiah. I know he got good news about, you know, uh, his health. Um, so he's going to be here and excited, ready to go. Ha <laughs> ha! Yeah, I love that right there. You know, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, you know, we, we have a vision. We understand. But this is what we're going to We're going to. I want to stick you on the edge, Isaiah. This is just me. I'm not really. I'm responding to JG and what he said. But I, it fires me up because we're going to stick you on the edge and we're just going to say, go get it. You don't have to think about anything else. Nothing, Isaiah. We're going to stick you on the edge, and we're going to say, go get it. Oh, by the way, you're going to have to set the edge from time to time. How physically capable are you of doing that? Set the edge. Ah, just setting the edge. The very sound of setting the edge (laughs) fires me up like you can't even believe. Because guess what? Somebody's going to be trying to kick that edge out. Isaiah. And you got to set that edge. Are you willing to fight, my brother? Are you willing to brawl? Are you willing to go stick the mouth guard on and stick somebody in the face? Are you willing to do it? Because we're going to put you there. And that's going to be one of your requirements, playing the edge. You're going to have to set it. <laughs> You're going to have to do that for everybody else. And if you set it, and it's a strong set by you, man, everybody else, that gap integrity better be good on that backside. And you better get those cutoff blocks. Otherwise, you're going to get stuffed because of one edge setting it. Everything you said about how to handle this, and it does line up with what Jonathan Gannon said today, I'm I'm on board with all of it, but just be. I'm just going to warn you. Basically, eleven and a month, eleven and a half months ahead of time. Okay, Wolf. If we're sitting here doing the show eleven and a half months from now, as Isaiah Simmons coming off a really good year signs with a different team, yeah, I'm not going to be pleasant to do the show with that day. Well, you just, know. just so you know, it's it's it, look. It's you, the path you're describing is probably the right way to handle it, but you're going to have to pay <laughs> for him if he does it. You're you're, you're going to have to slide the shorts on. There's no denying that. I would say the best way to do it is get him in pads. Okay, don't pick up his fifth year option 
Explain why you're not yeah, doing commu- it. Please you communicate gotta it to see him. him. Yeah. You got to see him. He's got to be able to understand personally where we are in a tough spot. We don't even know if you're going to be able to do this. We've never physically. coached you. Yeah. We don't know. We got to see you in pads. And then, and then if you actually play well in the first couple of games out there and you look like you're picking this stuff up, guess what? We're going to, we're going to, ble- we're going to back up the Brinks truck. That's what we're getting. Bring in Mike Hazen to pay you ahead of time if you need to. Have him do that Corbin Carroll deal if, he sees, if you see what you like. There All right. it is. Grammy Award-winning artist Muse heading to Desert Diamond Arena this coming Sunday. And we're giving you your shot to win tickets. Just head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win. Speaking of the D-backs, opening day is two days away. What's your biggest question for this team? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. Okay, look, I know that I just said like three minutes ago that we were going to talk D-backs here. And we are going to talk D-backs just later in the show now, Wolf. My, okay. my show sheet has a bunch of... My show sheet looks like a playbook in the NFL. It looks like... I don't know yeah. what it looks like. Some sort of read option here. Um... Because that was three minutes ago and a minute and 59 seconds ago-ish, Shams tweeted out, and I know this tweet is going to sound familiar, but this is from within the last two minutes. After missing 10 games with a sprained ankle, Phoenix Suns All-NBA star Kevin Durant will make his return Wednesday versus the Minnesota Timberwolves, barring setback. League sources tell The Athletic and Stadium. Okay. So, that's reaffirming what what he said last week. Just in case it was being called into question. Yeah, which kind of was. My reaction to that, Basin Ornian says, "Yes, <laughs> that's my reaction to that." Once that's again, all. even though I, I believe that was my reaction last week when he tweeted that thing out, that was my reaction as well. So, okay, um, we were just talking about Monty Williams and played a sounder from earlier, where you know Monty Williams is. Not really endorsing here, the fact. Here it is. Yeah. I'll just play it. And he was asked if, if he was asked after the win yesterday if Kevin Durant is coming back tomorrow. We'll see. You know, I, I got to get the information from our team. Um, he's working his tail off. I'm not quite sure because I've been so focused on the team that we have on the floor. If all the boxes are checked, then we will evaluate. But we have to wait and see. Um, he's been working his tail off. He's he's done everything possible to get himself back as close as he can to game shape, but it's hard to know, so we just got to check all the boxes before we make any statements about his play. Just check with Shams, Monty. Shams has already checked all the boxes. Yeah, so we were talking earlier about how that sounds very non-committal, and I I kind of disagreed to it. It's just, that's what head coaches do. They're going to speak median. Um, They're not going to make any definitive statement whatsoever until they absolutely have to. That's just being smart, I think, for the most part. So now Shams comes out with the, is it the exact same tweet? It's not the exact same tweet. (laughs) Because it sounds like it. Shams tweets a lot, so I'll see. The next time you start talking, I'll try to find his whole tweet and and compare them because Shams does tweet a lot. But um, it's it's the exact same information, right? Yes. Um, He's going to, barring some type of setback, Kevin Here it Durant. Is. Here, okay, okay. You got it? So this is his tweet from Friday. Okay, okay. this is Friday. This is Friday with Shams right here. Okay. 
Phoenix Suns 13-time All-Star Kevin Durant is progressing toward a potential return to action on Wednesday versus the Timberwolves, barring any setback. League sources tell the Athletic and Stadium. Okay. okay. Now here's Shams today. After missing 10 games with a sprained ankle, Phoenix Suns All-Star Kevin Durant will make his return Wednesday versus the Minnesota Timberwolves, barring a setback. League sources tell the Athletic and Stadium. <laughs> okay, that's great right there. So minus the, uh, what was it, 13-time All-Star? Yeah, that's it. That, he just yeah, lost some it. All-Star appearances. Lost- that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, right now, this is. I'm going to take this and put it in the positive category. This is good. It this looks like all the boxes are checked for Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant making his return to the lineup and to the footprint center again. Let's hope that um, warm up goes a lot better this yeah, time see, around. I, I know it's it's ridiculous, line. but I would feel a lot better if Shams would stop typing "barring setback" in his tweets. Like we get it, Shams. There was that was a, a freak situation. Stop putting "barring setback" in there. I want to hear no matter what Kevin Durant's playing tomorrow night. (laughs) Okay, so KD, once again, let's hope his workout goes well, and let's hope the layup line goes well for him eventually, because he didn't make it to the layup line last time. It was just his workout before the game. So That was years ago, right? That feels like that was years ago. That was, right. At least 10 years ago. Boy, this is going to be good. Okay, so this is... Lord willing, this is going to be a baby step going forward with Kevin Durant. Uh, other Shams news since I'm on his Twitter page. The Nets have ruled out Ben Simmons for the remainder of the season, which is shocking to me because I thought Ben Simmons retired three years ago. Oh, my goodness. I think he did. Yeah, what I think he did, too. He retired and stopped telling people that he had retired. Um, here's DeAndre Ayton. After the game last night, talking about KD. You guys haven't met. Go ahead a little bit. Can't come cloudy. Um, I was with the dude all last week, so I know the type of work he's been putting in. So um, we just really prepared and excited. And we're still waiting for our ball. You know, um, get him to the home game. He got fat at home one day. I mean, when you were with him back in Phoenix, what, what were you seeing with him as far as him getting. Like he's working harder than me, so I try to work hard too. <laughs> it was that type of thing. Like he just went hard, you outside, you sled, all that stuff. And I seen him do everything. Yeah. And I said it was a training camp. Why we there preparing us for playoffs? That's Dwayne Rankin talking to. Him. We, that's from Dwayne Rankin's Twitter account. So credit where credit's yeah, due, right there. Indeed. I love you, Da, but stop talking. <laughs> just stop talking. No, if he stops talking. I, I, I no, he, Da, you got to keep talking. No, it just I, makes my life better. It, it, why? Because he's his comments are you never know where it's going to go. I'm pretty sure in there he said we got the Slim Reaper coming back. It's starting to get cloudy. I, I know. I can't I live know. without that. I, I need know. that. I mean, it's just please, though, DeAndre, <laughs> buddy. You know, you're so willing to actually point out where everyone else is working harder than you. I I love him for it. He will admit that stuff. That's great. He but is DA, honesty personified in time. When does it start resonating with you at some point? I mean, D.A., your effort in the first half last night sucked buttermilk. It did. Running the floor? Nope. Not going to do that. Attacking the glass like a June bug, maybe. Watching shots go up. D.A., you were a spectator in that first half. Why? Why? I don't understand. Man, um, get back. 
The Suns' transition defense in the first half was just awful. And it was spearheaded by D.A. not running the floor. He's the tone setter. I, I just He sets it one way or the I, other sometimes. I'm just saying, man, D.A., I, I, I love and respect your honesty. It is a beautiful thing. When are you going to take that honesty and apply it to what you need to do to be all that you're capable of, bro? When? Here's, uh, here's Devin Booker after the game last night as well. Yeah, I think it's good timing. Um, playoffs are right around the corner, so you know it's a good time to be full strength. Um, we obviously have some kids to work out, and you can only do that by you know experience playing with each other. And you know our first three games together went really well, and, and I'm excited to get back to that. Look, you know my we thoughts on on Devin Booker. I mean, he's he's an all time he's an all timer already, uh, but. I'm not going to trust his diagnosis on players anymore because <laughs> going back to Chris Paul last year, how, you know, it's Chris Paul. Is he okay? Yeah, he's in the locker room. He's fine. I just saw him. He's fine. Okay. And then Chris Paul missed like a month. And yeah. then even Kevin Durant this time, he just rolled his ankle. If, if Devin Booker was the team doctor, nobody would ever miss any games. So what should we call him? Dr. Book? Dr. Book. Dr. D? Know, Dr. Dr. Book. Devin. Dr. Book sounds like, it sounds like an Dr. actual D. Book? No. character. Dr. Book. Dr. Book. <laughs> okay, we'll just start referring to him, Dr. Book. Don't Whenever go see Dr. Book yeah, if you, you want, want time off. Bad. If you go see Dr. Book, you're going to play the next game. Yes. Um, <laughs> anything that he says, just disregard when it comes to health of his teammates, or even himself for that matter. Listen to Devin Booker on 99.9% of things, because the guy is a straight shooter, and yeah. he's, he's like I said, he's an all-timer, he's a class act, he's easy to root for, he's been here through the tough times. He is, I still think, the guy Suns fans identify with the most. But his diagnosis of his teammates is always just that they're going to play the next game. Right. Which, you know, maybe maybe that's what the NBA needs. More Dr. Books instead of load management. And, Everybody and, plays all the sure. time. And once again, D.A., just, just again, I just my, the final thing on this, DeAndre. Um, when the other team gets the rebound, don't stare at the guy for one or two seconds before you turn and start running. He's got possession of the ball. Turn and run back. Run back. Now's the time to go. Everybody else is. <laughs> Thank you. I've never heard it described that way. When you look around and everybody has left, you should leave too. Coming up next is the uh, all the latest headlines in sports. Wolf and Down Your Lunch is right around the corner. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.